Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back. It's the Penn State Hoop Show. I'm Thomas Frank Hart. Nate Bauer is here to talk about uh, the start of the 2023 season for the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. Nate, where do we let le- leave off last? We had to. We had a I don't know. First show, yeah. And then we haven't had a chance to talk because of everything that's been going on uh, with with Penn State sports in general. So we're coming back here after a couple of games. So update everybody on on how things have gone with Mike Rhodes and and the team so far. Yeah, I, I swoop in when things go south. Uh... <laughs> like a vulture. <laughs> Listen, there's there's some football stuff going on. Uh, apologize, apologize to the Penn State basketball fans, but uh, we we have been preoccupied for sure. Uh, but now that we do have a moment, Penn State uh, football being done with its regular season, we are certainly into silly season. That is happening, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, a moment to catch up with Penn State basketball, uh, and that moment coincides with them losing three straight in Orlando uh, over the weekend, over Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving day, black Friday and Sunday, mm-hmm. they lost three straight games. They lost to Texas A&M, which is a, a tough team. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M still really good team that Penn state beat in the NCAA tournament last year. They followed that with a 10 point loss to Butler, who is okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great, but, Pretty, pretty good. Like Thad Mata, you, I mean, you expect them to be pretty good. They they have a bunch of pieces that they're bringing together this year as well. A lot of similar uh, parallels to Penn State. Uh, but then they followed it. Penn State followed it with a loss on Sunday morning to VCU, which is Mike Rhodes' old institution, as yep. it were. And and that was kind of the, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. That's... Uh, Signs of trouble, but um, yeah. you know, cer- certainly not things. It's so early in the season. There's there's lots of time, but also just a, a good litmus a litmus test, right? You, you've gotten a better picture over those mm-hmm. three games of who and what this Penn State team is, and it's certainly more complicated uh, and real than the the picture that you got out of the first four games of the season. Yeah. Uh, so VCU, quick question, because you, you mentioned this in something else we talked about. Uh, I think it was on one of the football shows saying that Mike Rhodes came to Penn State from a strong culture at VCU of basketball, something mm-hmm. that was already established. So I know you, you kind of phrase it as an uh-oh. Obviously, Ace Baldwin coming to Penn State is one of their best players leading yeah. the program. Yep. Um, not a good VCU team, in your opinion, or is it that they were able to rebound from losing what they lost and... Penn State obviously had to, you know, bolt a bunch of things onto the car to get it to run this first year of trying to get everything in the portal and all that jazz. So yeah. can you characterize the level of Butler VCU and how those losses kind of feel after the fact? I, I think it's I think it's more about specifically Butler and VCU is more about what Penn State didn't do 
okay. than what either of those. And now look, that's, that's easy to say, right? Uh, we are coming at this from a Penn state lens. I cover Penn state basketball. I'm going to process things uh, through that perspective most of the time. Uh-huh. But I think it's fair to say that it wasn't as though Butler or VCU did anything special necessarily, right? They, they just, they just played. They played <laughs> they, basketball. They, they played basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, kid at VCU, Billups got hot in the second half, made some shots, uh, right? Butler had some shots go down in the second half. But what I think is, is dispiriting the Penn State is, you know, Penn State not shooting the ball well in, mm-hmm. in those games, right? They had Which some was decent... a concern about this group, right? Kind of leaning into something that you were, if you're a Penn State fan, you're hoping for the high side of the potential here when it was kind of iffy about the shooting. For sure. For sure. And so that, and, that, and that's one part of it, but I'm burying the lead here. It's that they couldn't guard anybody. <laughs> they, they, they couldn't play. They, they didn't play defense. Yeah. Uh, they, they just looked and felt like a team that was not on the same page. And we'll, we'll get into it here in a little bit. Uh, Mike Rhodes kind of post-mortem in his press conference on Tuesday, but they just, they just weren't on the same page. It was evident and obvious that they weren't on the same page. And so structurally, it's not like they have to change necessarily what their approach is, but they got to get better at it because if they don't, right. there are teams that Penn State certainly faced this past weekend and will continue to face now through the rest of the season in large part that are going to make open threes when you give them to them. Right. <laughs> that That's kind of one of the bottom line premises of this sport is if you're this quality of a D one athlete, uh, yeah, there's, there are lesser opponents that you can load up on in the non-conference schedule that you will hand them gift gift wrapped, perfect open looks and they just miss they just don't go yeah. with not not these not these guys right yeah. you got to contest you got to you got to make it a uh, a harder more difficult challenge than anything that Penn State did uh in the interior or on the perimeter and so that's that is the big 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 thing facing Penn State basketball this week as they move on um so good things though you you got a list of some positives you want to get to so what were the good things uh yeah, from let's, this three game stretch let's let's yeah, get some positive yeah let's get some positives uh it, it wasn't all bad and that is hard i think for penn state fans to recognize after sunday in particular is thursday the way that they played against texas a&m in every sense was promising it, it was it was you're okay losing an 89 to 77 game to texas a&m you're happy to score 77 points against texas a&m and you think in that circumstance that you're probably right. going to win that game the issue being obviously they gave up 89 and that's that's a big number 89 is a big number and on its own it might not be so troubling but then 88 to Butler and 86 to VCU says, "Uh oh, yeah. these are these are some flashing red lights." And so again, the good against Texas A&M, <laughs> against Texas A&M, Kanye Clary was great. Uh, yeah, he had he had uh, 19 points in that game. Puff Johnson was good in that Texas A&M game. Cutis Wahab was good in that game. They 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 played with effort 
there was the, the number of tipped balls and right, getting in passing lanes, things where it, it's kind of 50, 50 Penn state lost them, but mm-hmm. what like was good defensively on the first effort. They just weren't good on the second effort. And so a lot yeah. of things that Penn state needed to go its way didn't, uh, from that is, is perspective, that a, is that a Texas A&M thing? capitalized. I'm sorry, is that what's that? Is that a luck thing or is that a follow-through thing? Because we can talk about this in a bunch of different ways where yeah. this is kind of Mike Rhodes' system, though, is to create pressure and create those 50-50 moments of tips and steals and pressure. Yeah. And, it, you know, are they not getting it because they got unlucky? But a three-game stretch of getting unlucky seems like that's not luck anymore. So so I guess, do you have any insight into that? I think, I think once it turned into scramble right it it went south for mm-hmm. penn state uh all of those scramble situations whether it's an offensive rebound um again a tip pass in the lane uh kick out for three you name it all of that stuff went to texas a&m mm-hmm. and so while playing hard coming back right from deficits we'll get into the bad here Uh, in a little bit, but Penn state showed grit. There was, there were good elements there of a, of a team that has good players and had those players play well against a very, very good Texas A&M team. Uh, It was just the, the individuals did not amount to a hole that was functional on the defensive end of the floor. And that at, you know, it was problematic against Texas A&M, but it became dire in how it played out against the next two opponents. Uh, so uh, a couple more positives. DeMarco Dunn, tell me a little bit about uh, how he's performing and what he's done for the team so far. Yeah, I mean, he 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 helped fill in for, for Kanye Clary, right? Uh, Kanye Clary played really, really well in the first two games and then got hurt. He got He had a stinger in his elbow is how it was described by Rhodes on Tuesday and he lost feeling in his fingers. That sounds awful. It does sound awful, horrible and scary. Like you can't use your hand. Yeah. And, and the way that Rhodes said it, it was, Hey, he's been doing this for 20, 30 years, whatever it is, and has never seen this before, but it's something that has happened to Clary in the past, I guess once in high school, maybe a couple of times. Um, But yeah, you know, the, the guy who the guy who is playing best for you is just out on this freak thing. he didn't break anything yeah. he's back he's fine he's ready he's practicing but it took it took an hour an hour and a half for him to regain feeling to the point of being able to play in mm-hmm. that game and so that's that was uh you know fairly dispiriting but Demarco Dunn was able to step up uh did some nice things in his absence so yeah but pl- again Kanye Clary Puff Johnson, DeMarco Dunn, Cutis Wahab. The, there were there were performances there. Ace, Ace went wild on Sunday. Ace had a great game on Sunday. He scored 28 mm-hmm. points, I think it was. But uh, again, if you if you can't if you can't guard anybody, I mean it's we're I'm dressing this up as though it's complicated. They can't guard. They they just they didn't guard anybody for three games, and that became a, a very, very big problem. So uh, we're going to get to the mystery of what was bad over the last three games. Uh, and Nate, 
What was the problem? What was the problem oh, yeah. you're running into? Sorry, did I did I step on my own line there? Um, <laughs> this big mystery of what the problem yeah. was. Hey, hey, T Frank. <laughs> it's that they couldn't guard anybody. Uh, they, they just they couldn't. They they did not guard the ball. They they uh, when they collapsed on dry. Look, there there were there were guards in each one of those games that could penetrate mm-hmm. and get to the basket. Texas A and M, I thought, did it more. Uh, Texas A&M also had a big man in Coleman who was able to exploit the interior when Wahab wasn't in the game, right? Penn State has to kind of by default go small Mm. in a lot of circumstances. And it, it has not that it did not go well in those, in those instances, but you've got a combination of the interior defense being, you've, you've already got a problem in terms of, your rim protection, right? You, you, that's already an issue. Fave, uh, fave air is not out there. He's injured. So that's a problem. Cutis is, is more of an offensive guy, right? Mm-hmm. For, for most of his career, he's that, that is what he's been better at in terms of the ends of the floor. Uh, Demetrius Lilly is, uh, you know, a little bit of a mystery. I, I don't think he's there defensively. Certainly, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he progresses through the season, but, Point being, if if you don't have those bigs in there and your guards aren't staying in front, right? Uh, yeah. Closing off edges, do, doing all of those things to, to make life difficult. That creates a, a, a litany of issues because those Are you guards... surprised? Are you surprised by that? Because this is, you know, when we've talked about this team, number one thing you've talked about is defense, pressure, and running and it like starts with defense like a lot of this from yeah. from an offensive standpoint like they might be entertaining to watch because they can score points it seems but i'm i'm a little surprised this has been what's been going on so what do you see there yeah i think uh, a few things one if, if you're me if you're anybody that's that's watching this program you're relying on reputation right <laughs> and so mike rhodes's reputation is defensively that is that is a, a big part of his brand is is that side of the floor however uh he has not been saying that right if, you, if you're paying attention if you if you listen to what he says it's that the defense isn't nearly to, and i'm not just saying revisionist history that he's saying this now i'm saying from before the season right back to july it's oh my goodness like this is lost in the wilderness stuff. There's so much that has to be installed. It is uh, not necessarily complex. I think it is complex. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's difficult to understand in, in some instances, but it's not about just understanding individually. It's understanding is five guys on the floor. Yeah. And, if, and bringing and, a lot of guys together that haven't played before, not only correct. not played in this system, but not no understanding of each other. Correct. And so what he said uh, you know, the way that he described it on Tuesday was there were too many guys that went rogue uh, <laughs> defensively. And you're not talking about two, three guys per defensive possession. It's just if one guy doesn't know what to do or if one guy is uncertain or feels like he has to make a play, which again, uh, talking about score and circumstance it dictated a lot because yeah. Penn state was playing from behind 
for most of the second half of every single one of these games. So that combination of factors all led to breakdowns where one guy is just, is just not doing, not able to do right with what they anticipate or what they expect. And because of that, it's kind of a house of cards. We were talking about this with Micah too. Right? Like yeah. When Micah Shrewsbury was at Penn state, that was a, that was an issue that they had as well, particularly in his first year. So I do think that there's some, some carry over. There's some, some lessons to be learned that, uh, you know, this is, this is tough. This is, this is a process. And Mike Rhodes said it again on Tuesday. He said that, you know, in games like this or in tournaments like this, where you're playing good teams and you, you punch up, right. You're, you're moving up a weight class. You're going to get exposed. There are certain things about you that are going to get exposed. Every team has weakness at this point in the season. Yeah. But you just, you just hope that you don't get exposed as, as severely as this Penn state team did over the past three games. Yeah. Uh, so what are the, what are the fixes here? How does, how do they rebound other than play defense feels like if they can play defense, then some of these things might not be a big of a deal, but what's, what's on the checklist of ways to improve? Yeah. Uh, certainly guarding the ball. Bottom line is, is guarding the ball being on the same page. They have a week until they play another game. So they, they ended at 1230 on Sunday, flew back from Florida. They couldn't practice Sunday night, obviously, but we're back on the practice floor on Tuesday, uh, I believe they had a day off on Monday. And then they get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to, to get ready for Bucknell on Saturday. But it's not about Bucknell for, for this game, right? It's it it can't be. <laughs> it has to be how how do you get everybody back on the same page for what you need to do defensively? I think I mm-hmm. think there's some even some uh some some football carryover in terms of simplifying. Right, like what? What? What is? What's? What's the stuff that you can go to? What? What are? What are the defensive sets that you feel good? Um, you know about particularly in the half court. I mean, you you've got to be able to have a, a base defense that you can put on the floor and and feel good about. And if you look at the numbers, all three of these teams: Texas A&M shot sixty percent, Butler shot fifty percent, uh, VCU shot fifty four percent. All of those from the floor. Uh, Texas A&M, the, the three-point numbers weren't bad in the Texas A&M game, but, and even, even Butler's three-point numbers percentages weren't great, but volume-wise, it became a problem. Mm-hmm. Butler made nine threes. VCU made eight of 15, 53% from three. <laughs> you can't win, you can't win doing that, right? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter who you combination. are. Yeah. Um. What do you what do you see from I guess a process standpoint? Is there stuff that you can see them working through some of these issues? What's oh here here's the way to put it. What's chronic? What's acute with this team so far? That is a great question because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I you would anticipate that they have an opportunity to get better. Yeah. I don't think anyone expected this to be a finished product early in the season. Frankly, some of what they're doing offensively is beyond anybody's really reasonable expectation for the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- they're not shooting necessarily for the percentages they want, particularly on the outside. Zach Hicks has to be better. Leo Boyle has to be better. Puff Johnson has to be better uh, in terms of three point shooting. But 
they're they're good there. They're they're getting volume shots. They're they're hitting enough of a percentage from the floor to be okay. But if if they can't figure out how to get turnovers, right? Because they did not do that. They did not do that in any one of those games. The, the whole thing is based on forcing turnovers and turning turnovers into points. Let's see here. I've got my numbers handy. 10 turnovers by Texas A&M turned into 13 points for Penn State. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. Nine turnovers for Butler turned into nine points for Penn State. Not enough. 15 turnovers for VCU turned into 13 points Ooh. for Penn State. That's not enough. Yeah, that's not it's, enough for sure. It's not, it's not what they're – it's not It's not how – like the formula is at issue if these things – aren't going to come to fruition. If they're not going to be able to, to dictate those terms defensively, some of this falls apart. And yeah. I, I do think that it starts with just getting everybody back on the same page, get getting uh, comfortable with each other and, and starting to learn and feel more confident in who you have on the floor to, to the point where that they, they're not making those mistakes. They're not feeling as though they have to go rogue. Yeah, and and what can be kind of a deciding moment in a game t- tends to snowball. It sounds like the, some of this stuff has snowballed on them in the second half of games. Yeah, I don't. I, and I don't want to. I don't want to mischaracterize this or blow it out of proportion. But Penn State in all three games was was trailing at the half. Which okay, n- none of them were out of control, right? 39 right. to 32 against AM, 42 to 39 against Butler and 46 to 40 against VCU. And they, they gave it a shot. Penn state fought back in every single one of those instances. But the issue for Penn state consistently in each one of those games was, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. They came back and would get it to three points, four points, five points, any of those situations and then immediately have a defensive breakdown on the other end. Yeah. The, yeah. the other team would score easily. I mean, it wasn't, there was no quite, there was never a moment that I think they might've had one shot where they got like a, a defensive stop. I can't remember if it was the Butler or the VCU game, but got it to three points, got a stop, had an opportunity to tie the game, missed the shot. And then, you know, so when that happens, it's dispiriting, it's, it's deflating. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that, um, you know, and we should get to before we get out of here was one of the big questions coming in here uh, with this group of players is it's awesome that Ace Baldwin is really good. It's awesome that Kanye Clary is really good. They're kind of the same player. How do they work together? Have they been able to get that chemistry and that role sharing and understanding how to play together? Have they figured any of that out yet? Have they figured some of it out? Yes. Have they figured all of it out? No. And I actually asked Rhodes is that. It, is that okay? Yeah. Given that you want one of those, you know, you 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 can stagger those guys that can both play. They'll be on the court together at this, uh, together some, but you can also have them run the offense and you don't have a dip, you know, in your leader on the offense. So how much is, what, what did he have to say when you asked him that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that the problem is you have to find a way to get two of your best players on the floor at the same time even though they play the same position, they both want to do the same things. They both want to be on the ball. They want to have the ball in their hands and they both want to defend the ball. And 
out of those circumstances for either one of them, it, it is, it is not ideal. That doesn't mean that they can't improve and get better. And I think that they will, uh, certainly you've seen those elements from ACE. Certainly you've seen those elements from, from Clary, but when ACE goes off for 28 points on Sunday, I don't think that was an accident, right? That, right. That, that is a, a, a window into, Hey, this is the player that he is when he's at his best. And he's, his whole reputation is as a team first guy, he will do what the team needs from him. And so with Kanye in the floor for most of this season, they haven't needed that. They haven't needed him to be that 28 point guy, but how do you unlock more of that? How, right. how do you get more of that side of him? And the same for, for Kanye, how, right? How, how is Kanye as a distributor getting other people involved instead of, uh, you know, being a, as ball dominant as he tends to be. So yeah. I, I do think that there's a, a little bit of a give and take there that, yeah, they're going to, they're going to have to figure out and they're, they're going to have to get used to each other. So what's left? What do you got uh, to take us out here? What is left? It's it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's it's already an intriguing moment because there there is real evidence of this being a talented team for sure. Yeah, that, that's clear. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the more talented rosters I've seen at Penn State. Just when you look at the stars and the size, the 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 tangible things they bring to the table. Um, but obviously, there's a reason these guys haven't worked out at their previous institutions, right? So, sure. how, where 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 do you fall on that? Now that you've seen them play a little bit, how much potential is going to be realized here this year? Knowing that you know they got it, they've got some of these guys are not one and done players, but. You know, maybe this is their last shot. So sure. what, what are you seeing from kind of what's in the tank for these guys that have the size and athleticism to be a, a very good basketball team for sure? Yeah, I, th- I, I again, I mean, I think it, it boils down to what I talked about at the top of how do you get this collection of individuals to be a team, to, to yeah. be to be a unit? Uh, certainly offensively, they have a one-on-one style ISO style that works a lot. They've got a lot of guys who can, who can create points for themselves and shots for themselves and opportunities. Defensively, you need more than that. (laughs) You you need something different. You need a different recipe. You can't have five individuals out there. You've got to have guys that, that can play together and, uh, you know, it's, it is, it is a question of how fast can that, process go of getting these guys on the same page. But when, when Mike Rhodes did a post-game interview with, uh, with Steve Jones and Dick Girardi after the Sunday game, and I, I won't say that he sounded despondent. He, he didn't. He, I think the word was determined. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it was like, Hey, there's also, uh, a gr- there's I got work to determination. Do. Like there's yeah. determination. And then there's like, this is going to hurt. Like I'm yeah. determined to do this, but this is not something you look forward to. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So back out on the floor, back out for practice and start to start to figure some of this stuff out. I, I don't think that it's a, an, a, a situation that can't be resolved. Put it that way. Right. It yeah. is 
this is something that they can improve at. It is, it's, it's, it's out there for them. It is not beyond their grasp. It's just how fast can that process go? And can you keep this? Do you have enough sugar in the non-conference schedule to be able to get through it, right? To withstand it, to to like, because it, if they have two big 10 games and then the rest of the non-conference schedule is, is not great. It, it, they should be able to to compete with most of those teams. Georgia Tech at Madison Square Garden will be interesting, but they, they've got winnable games left. But if you're if you get to the Big Ten schedule in January and you've lost the six games against the six teams that are, are decent, yeah, th- that'll that'll impact you. That'll impact yeah. your psyche and impact your, your confidence and, and all of that stuff. I mean, it's all, all this stuff plays in. And you, I think that you saw that in from a game to game basis. Mike Rose talked about it yesterday. He talked about uh, how one loss carried into the next, right? Being disappointed mm-hmm. by Texas A&M turned into disappointing performances against the next two. Well, if, if losses pile up, how do they, how do they battle through that? We'll see. It, it's always fascinating getting your opinion at the beginning of the year on a team because especially in basketball where things can change so quickly and they can change so dynamically with just one or two players, I feel like there's more uncertainty coming into a basketball season than there is into a football season where you kind of, you know, you 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 know and you've seen enough and you see camp and you get a feeling for a lot of things. With basketball, like there is a lot of these unknowns. You know, this is kind of an if squad going back to how much talent they have versus what we're going to actually get. So I always like getting your opinion at the beginning of the year because I feel like you've you've seen a lot of these, hey, this is the first time we've seen this team before, you know, from a new coach, from a new whatever uh, at, with Penn State basketball. Yep, and we will we will see where where this team goes this year. It, it should be interesting. I, I super – it got dark so quickly, and I look like I'm yes. broadcasting from a cave right now. So the, You you nailed my out. I was going to say we started when this podcast was uh, – when there was light outside, and we finished when there wasn't, and that was entirely based on the fact that the sun went down in about 10 minutes. So <laughs> it's that time of year. We're recording in what is technically the afternoon. It's just there's no light here anymore. Uh, so Nate, we'll get going on that. Have everyone go back to their caves and hibernate. This is this is uh, sleep and grow my beard season for me, where it's just like the sun goes away, my superpowers go away, and I just want to sleep and grow my beard. So Nate, you and I will grow our beards together. I'm going to get you a, bi- a big fake beard uh, we can wear in midway through the season so that we both grow our beards together. Oh, stop. <laughs> All right, that's enough for me. Thanks, uh, as always, Nate Bauer, Senior Editor, Blue White Illustrated, and Basketball Savant here for the Penn State Hoop Show. We will be back at Question Mark to give you more information about this team and uh, what we see as the season progresses. So stay tuned uh, to BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for more on the Penn State Hoop Show. (laughs) 